Welcome to the CC Broadcast, a part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministries. This week we'll be hearing from our radio preacher, Reverend Steve Kramer, as he continues his series, Back to School, with today's message, The Power of Words. Welcome back to class. Last week in our Back to School sermon series on the Proverbs, we learned about the importance of the company we keep. Today we're going to be learning about communicating. We begin our worship in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you pray with me? Almighty God and loving Father, we are gathered before you today to receive your wisdom for our lives. For you are immortal, invisible, God-only wise. So please speak to us now, Lord. For your servants are here and ready to listen to your life-giving word. Amen. Our reading for today is from the book of Proverbs, chapter 15, verse 4. A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. thought by day or by night 
Waking or sleeping, Thy presence, my light. Some things in life that can be so good and yet so dangerous and harmful. For instance, a car. A car can do so much good. It gets people to where they need to go much faster than walking. It can transport goods from one place to another. It can be used in service of others. But in the hands of a careless person, a car becomes a weapon. How about a power lawnmower? It keeps our lawns looking good, easier to use than the old push mowers. But if used carelessly, it can ruin a flower bed and even injure someone standing near it. How about a rifle? A rifle is good for hunting, to put food on the table, or enjoyable for shooting competitions, or defending one's country in the military. But when it is carelessly or maliciously fired, it can kill and maim innocent people. All of these things have such potential for good and yet can be dangerous. And such is the case 
with words. Words can be used to build up, encourage, inspire, give guidance, comfort, correction, and praise, but they can also be used as weapons that deceive, threaten, destroy others, and disrupt relationships. And words are the major way we communicate. They have the power to break or build confidence, to build long alliances or start wars. And we know that loose lips sink ships, and they also sink lives as they intentionally and unintentionally roll off of our tongues. Our teacher, the Holy Spirit, has some wisdom for us today uh, regarding our use of words. We find it in the proverb we looked at earlier. A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. This proverb is describing the power of our words. A gentle tongue, what's that? It's a, a, a tongue that gives words that seek to help and heal and build up. Use wholesome words, not given in a <clears throat> rough manner, but tenderly, sincerely, kindly. A gentle tongue is a tree of life. It encourages and promotes life in someone else. Like a tree, it gives fruit to others or offers its shade. It's beautiful before God and is pleasing to behold. I'm, of course, reminded of the tree of life in the Garden of Eden, Genesis, and the tree of life in the promised new heaven and new earth in Revelation 22, which brings healing to all the nations of the world. A healthy tongue encourages life and promotes it. When a person has been knocked down by disappointment and, and discouragement, there's no better healing balm than words like, I believe in you, I love you, and God loves you. Uh, I'm praying for you, how can I help? I've missed you, I'm sorry, well done, don't give up, I'm with you and for you, tell me about your hurt. These kind of words are like gentle rain on thirsty soil. Or, using our tree imagery, energy from renewing shade on a hot day. Or, a refreshing and tasty apple that satisfies. Or, a shelter and refuge that protects and keeps the sun or the rain off a person. I'm reminded of a story in the Old Testament book of 1 Samuel 25 about a woman named Abigail, whose Gentle, wholesome words saved future King David from doing a terrible wrong in God's sight, an act of vengeance because of an insult that bruised his ego. On his way to do this terrible thing, to wreak vengeance, Abigail, who had heard about the incident, cut David and his army off at the pass and bowed before him and humbly reminded him of who he was and whose he was and God's promises to him and what his calling from the Lord was. And so David didn't follow through. He just gave the situation over to the Lord to solve. And it was resolved. And, and David later said to Abigail, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who sent you this day to meet me. Blessed be your discretion, and blessed be you who have kept me from blood guilt and from working salvation from my own hand. Abigail's gentle tongue saved the day for David that day. She was a tree of life for him. She kind of reminds me of another proverb as well that says soft speech is like oil on bruised skin to soften and heal it. 
Now, on the other hand, the second part of this proverb shows the antithesis of this, the direct opposite and the, and the consequences that follow. But perverseness in it, words, the tongue, breaks the spirit. So what is a perverse uh, tongue or, or what are perverse words? They're deceptive words, misleading words, cruel words, cutting words, words meant to hurt and control and wreck confidence, to ruin reputations, breaking the spirit of the receiver. You've heard that old adage, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. That's not really true. Words can wound and cause all kinds of trouble. Words spit out of the mouth uh, angrily or, or uh, disapprovingly towards another, like stupid, idiot, dumb, ugly, worthless, tramp, loser, untalented, or vulgar names or painful nicknames are hurtful and demeaning. After spoken, the person who says these kind of words might later say, oh, I was only kidding. I was caught up in the heat of the moment. I really didn't mean it. But the psychological sting still remains for the receiver of those words. The back of her mind or his mind is, does, does he or she really think I'm stupid or ugly? Confidence is lost. A friend of my wife's uh, has been having some serious health issues lately and visiting the ER in the middle of the night all too often. She has a tendency, though, to try to tough it out and not tell her husband and have him bring her in. Because of that, she's had some miserable nights and some very close calls. She told Julie the reason for not speaking up at home about when she's experienced such pain stems from an incident years ago when her husband, who's a good guy, impatiently said to her, what is it now? After she told him of her need to see a doctor. And those words have stuck in her head ever since. It's kind of interesting how they stuck, isn't it? Or there's a, a impatient uh, or, or words of, of lies and gossip and rumors and innuendos about others that once they are spoken continue to float around a community ruining reputations and driving them to despair or even suicide. Listen to this story. She was new to the church, a pretty outgoing friendly high school girl. She made friends quickly and became active in the church youth group. Soon, however, rumors about her began to surface. It was reputed that she had loose morals and that she had become pregnant and had an abortion before joining that church. Some of her new friends began to withdraw from her. Others treated her with condescension, condescension and others were uneasy in her presence. Through it all, no one had the courage to confront her directly about the stories. Late in the year, it was discovered that the rumors were in fact completely false the person who had begun the rumor had this girl confused with someone else, but the damage had been done. Her reputation had been tainted by a rumor, and the damage could never be fully undone. And then there's threatening words and critical words that aren't even true but used to control someone else. I read an interview recently of a well-known female singer whose spouse was also a famous singer-songwriter, uh, 
he'd say terrible things to her about her lack of talent and how she'd be lost without him, all in order to control her. And she tells of how that experience broke her spirit and took away her confidence. And in today's world with technology, this proverb could also apply to uh, fingertips, texting and emailing. And Twitter, or X as it's now called, words can be used to cause a lot of pain on others through cyberbullying, har harassment, anonymous and mean threats and criticisms, or in angry knee-jerk reactions in a type message that rages at someone for something they've written to you. It's all too easy to vent on someone with your keyboard than, than you and say things that you'd never dare to say face to face. And it happens a lot and it's cowardly and it's downright mean and it's hurtful. And so we read painful stories of teen suicides that result from this. The words coming out of your heart and off of your tongue or your fingertips are a serious business and they have consequences. Dr. Tremper Longman writes in his commentary on Proverbs, this proverb illustrates the book's sensitivity and concern for the psychological consequences of speech and actions. Words have the power to give life or shatter a life. Now remember the proverbs are addressing people who are in a right relationship with God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, as the opening of the proverb says. And now our seeking to live a life that's pleasing to him within the community of faith and out in the world. So here's the big idea of this proverb. How we talk to others or about others matters. Words are very powerful. Be careful how you choose them and use them. For instance, as a parent, be aware of how your words will shape your children's lives in various ways. If they hear you constantly being critical of others or always complaining, they will learn to criticize and complain. If you apologize when you've wronged someone, they'll learn to apologize with sincerity. If you speak to them without courtesy or respect, they will likely do the same to others. If you describe them with unkind put-downs and hurtful words, they will carry that self-image the rest of their lives. If you pass on unhealthy advice or, or morals, th this could hurt them down the road. If you use vulgar language around them, they'll probably use it around others. This speaks to coaches. How do you speak to your kids on your team? A friend of mine told me her son quit playing soccer because the coach was a screamer and would say terrible things to his players and about his players. The boy lost his joy in playing the game. This definitely was not a Tony Dungy type coach who challenged and instructed his players while at the same time loving them and treating them with dignity. As a boss, what's coming out of your mouth or being communicated in your emails and texts to your team? If you've ever worked for someone who used his or her words as weapons to control, you know how poor morale can be in a workplace. A customer. What tone and what kind of words are being used towards those who are serving you? Polite, respectful, or rude and disrespectful? How about a teammate or a competitor? How you talk to others about your teammate or an opponent has power to build them up, 
tear them down, to love them or level them, to ruin them or respect them, trash talking to them or about them, according to this proverb, is not okay. And as a spouse, are you always criticizing your spouse or teasingly putting them down in front of others when you're in public? Or are you building them up, not only to their faces, but as well uh, in their presence, in the presence of others? Are you encouraging them with your words? Are you laughing with them and not at them? It's important. We know that God takes words seriously and the power they've had. With a word, the world was created. God spoke words of judgment and grace through his prophets, and they came to pass. We read in the Bible that the word became flesh, dwelt among us full of grace and truth. And in the book of Hebrews, uh, it opens in this way. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days he spoke unto us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. Ultimately, God's gentle healing word was spoken at another tree, the cross. The Apostle Paul, or Peter, I mean, wrote about Jesus' death on the cross. He said, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you've been healed. The word made flesh nailed to that tree speaks words of life to us. I love you. You are forgiven. Come home. In the New Testament letters, the importance of words is addressed as well to the free, as, it, as uh, they're written to the church community. For instance, the Apostle Paul writes to the congregation in Ephesus, Let no corrupting bad talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up as there is need, so that your words may give grace to those who hear. You see, words have the power to make a church stronger or tear it apart. James, the brother of Jesus, tells us what a difficult but important task it is to control one's tongue so that it doesn't destroy people. He writes, so also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. With the tongue we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. Be careful. Now perhaps you're thinking to yourself, I've been pretty reckless with my talk in the past, and even now, but I can't help myself. It just kind of comes out. Well, on your own, you're right. You can't help yourself. But the truth is, you're not on your own. In Christ Jesus, you can. It begins with, I will, with God's help. It's a matter of repentance, doing an about face, walking by the uh, Holy Spirit, our counselor and helper, who is empowering and shaping us into the image of Christ bringing his fruit into the life of every believer, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I think this proverb can also be rather convicting. Perhaps you've said some mean, unkind, and untrue things to others or about others, or withheld encouragement when it was needed. It's time to make things right, then to go to 
and say to that person that you've wounded along the way, I'm sorry. I was mean to you and unfair and wrong. Please forgive me. That's healing words. So let us keep this verse of a Sunday school song in our hearts that I learned when I was a kid. And may it be our self-talk. Oh, be careful, little tongue, what you say. Oh, be careful, little tongue, what you say. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little tongue, what you say. Hi, this is Matt Reister, Executive Director for Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Thanks for tuning in to today's broadcast. We're here to proclaim Jesus Christ as Redeemer of the world and to promote the truth of God's Word. In addition to this weekly broadcast, we want to mention two podcasts which you can listen to for free on our website, ChristianCrusaders.org, or on our mobile app, the Christian Crusaders app, which can be downloaded from the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. The CC Podcast Daily Dose features short devotions from an overview of the Bible and the CC Podcast Conversations features inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. In fact, here are some excerpts from those interviews. Here's Ron Gruber, a former motorcycle gangster and murderer. But I grabbed that thing, and after I, I got myself psyched to a point, and I mean, I cracked that hammer back and put it against my head, and I, I heard it just like you and me are talking. 
Don't kill yourself with that gun. You kill yourself with me. This is Christian singer-songwriter Michael W. Smith. You know, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. That's one, that's, and you don't like God to humble you, and I've been there. It's not fun. <laughs> I'd rather do it myself. And here's Michael W.'s fellow Christian artist, Stephen Curtis Chapman. And mm. I feel like when people say, man, your music has encouraged me in my faith journey, it always just reminds me, again, of how God can use just about anything. You know, he can use Amen. a hillbilly from Kentucky. And here's former Hawkeye and current NFL player Ike Butker. I just remember running routes. Me and this this one other kid are running routes. I don't like to talk great about myself, but I destroyed anybody that they put up against me. <laughs> <laughs> I, dro- I didn't drop a single pass. You can listen to those interviews and over 60 others, as well as our daily Bible overview devotion and this broadcast, along with archive broadcasts from former preachers on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or on our free mobile app. Today you've been listening to the broadcast transmission of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministries. We're one of America's longest-running radio ministries on the air since 1936. We are completely donor-funded, and donations are tax-deductible. They can be sent to 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613, or made online at christiancrusaders.org. Thank you for tuning into this broadcast. We'll be here again next week at the same time. And until then, may God richly bless you.